to another episode of Electable, sponsored by the Indiana Women's Action Movement. I'm Deb Chubb, and we are very excited to be back with Maureen Bauer. So, um, Bau Maureen, I mean, geez, I, you know, it was so great getting to know you last year while you were campaigning and doing a wonderful job. And we're so proud of you for getting elected and, uh, and also for doing an outstanding job as a very first time politician and, and, uh, and state representative uh, from House District 6, um, doing a great job at the State House, uh, despite you know terrible circumstances. So I was so impressed with the way you kept all of the important principles uh, out front. And, and that was so, I just, that was such a shining light in, you know, compared to everything awful that was going on there. Okay, but today we're gonna talk about the American Rescue Plan. So as everyone knows, there was trillions of dollars sent from the federal government. And it was, uh, we're gonna talk about exactly what that addresses here in Indiana for Hoosiers. And um, we know that our U.S. senators and our U.S. representatives in Indiana all voted against it. Um, but we want to make sure people know that despite that, these funds are going to support all Hoosiers, whether their representatives voted for this or not. So I, I consider us a very lucky. So Maureen, um, let's break this down a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. there's the big money that went to the stimulus checks, that was the biggest chunk. And then the next biggest chunk is going to local, state, county governments to make up for revenue shortfalls, as well as for uh, infrastructure improvements uh, that you know can address COVID uh, and prevention of, of other illnesses. Um, but tell us what items uh, beyond that, because we know what that is, and there's a lot of other stuff and we won't get to everything, but tell us what you are so uh, excited about. Uh, as far as addressing the issues that you think are important uh, to Hoosiers? Well, yeah, you explained it really well. I mean, this is providing relief and direct investments in each of our communities across the state. So every 92 county will receive these funds, uh, regardless if your representatives in Congress voted for it or not. Um, we had two congressmen who did vote for it, um, but not my district, but we will still see that money in 91% of Hoosiers received that $1,400 relief check. Um, but there's a lot in this plan. So we're just trying to break it down a little bit and explain it a little bit. Um, some of the stats include the fact that 55% of rural Indiana don't know about this plan, um, but you will be seeing these funds. Uh, so what I like about this the most is that our representatives uh, overwhelming majority of our congressmen and women throughout the country saw what happened this past year, 2020, the uh, fact that many women were pushed out of the workforce, had to choose between childcare or going to work, they had to leave their careers. Um, the fact that many people struggled to pay their rent, their utilities, uh, that people just couldn't even put food on the table. In the year 2021, we're still fighting food insecurity across the state. Um, this plan recognized those struggles and is making direct investments in our human infrastructure. Um, not only that, but it's helping get kids back to school, parents back to work, and that we can gather again socially. Um, it's investing in vaccination programs. It's 
allowing some time off for you to go get your vaccination. If you are sick the day after, you have some recovery. And so I'm grateful for those elected officials who didn't see this as political, but as real investments back home. You know, you listened and you made sure that we are taken care of. Um, so some of the things I'm most excited about uh, that this plan is making some of the biggest investments in childcare that we've ever seen in the nation. It is expanding the childcare tax credit, which will relieve, uh, relieve 80,000 children out of poverty in the state of Indiana. Um, this is truly going to change lives, which is so impactful for families across the state. Uh, you know, our educators and all of our uh, school staff stepped up in incredible ways. And with this plan, we will now be able to raise teacher pay across the state of Indiana to $40,000 a year. Teachers will see hazard pay. And that is something that we at the State House tried to do through legislation and just couldn't get passed due to the super majorities in the House and the Senate. Uh, so that's something we should celebrate and talk about and tell people about. Um, we recognize the importance of our educators and we wanna make sure they stay here. Um, we've had a large amount of our educators either leave the industry of education or leave the state. Um, so this is recognizing the fact that we want you to stay here. We want you to continue to invest in our children and their education. Um, in the budget, we also tried to increase food bank funding uh, that was stagnant at one rate for years and years and years. And as a result of this past year, seeing you know, the lines around the block in my community for just one distribution a week, we recognize that we should be investing in this resource. Um, nutrition and health is so important to the health of the community. So the original budget, I should state, didn't include these things. Uh, but and you're talking we, about the state budget. That's right. Yeah, the original right. state budget that we voted on didn't include this type of investment. So we didn't vote for it uh, in my caucus at the House. But once these funds came through, we were able to invest $2 billion in schools and our students and our educators. We were able to increase food bank funding, which we tried to amend into the budget and was turned down. We were able to increase teacher pay. And one thing I'm so excited about is that Medicaid is expanded one year postpartum for pregnant women. And I know that's something that you worked really hard on and couldn't get anywhere. And I, you know, I've worked in social services for years too yeah. and worked with many low income moms who had a baby and were immediately cut off from healthcare, and, which is just yeah. outrageous. And I've spoken with people in the healthcare industry who state they often don't recognize any health problems until a year after or even six weeks after, which is the current cutoff in Indiana, six weeks after you have a baby and you're on Medicaid, you're dropped from your insurance. Right. So if you have uh, gestational diabetes that maybe comes up later or you know, high blood pressure, preeclampsia, you still have, you have no access to your healthcare anymore. Um, so in the state of Indiana, we have the third highest maternal mortality rate that just means mothers are dying at, from giving birth. 
And again, in the year 2021, that is just not a reality we should be living in. Um, so thanks to the funds to the states from the Federal American Rescue Plan, states can expand one year postpartum Medicaid. And I'm very grateful for Indiana ju uh, jumping on board and you know, again, truly life-saving policy taking, here. Taking the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think Illinois was the first state to join and then Indiana was, I'm very fortunate that uh, the leaders at FSSA did, took advantage of this opportunity to help mothers. Um, it's worth noting that 70% of Americans approve of the American Rescue Plan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is a lot of funding that we just couldn't get done legislatively at the state house just to, uh, you know, the makeup of or one party rule, uh, basically. Um, so this plan helps all Hoosiers. It doesn't leave anyone behind. And when we experience a year like we did in 2020, we want to see our representatives and our elected officials recognizing the investments in our families, in our school systems, and back at home in our cities and our counties. So, uh, you know, this is something that we should be really excited to talk about. Um, so that's why we're here today. <laughs> that's great. Well, and it's so alarming that all of the issues and, and even issues that um, affect more rural uh, Hoosiers um, were so ignored at the state legislative uh, session. And this really does address a lot of issues for rural Hoosiers, which is really great. Um, really improves their access to health care. And um, you know telehealth and all kinds of um, right. community-based health services, uh, which is what people in the rural areas have been asking for. Uh, they really yeah. need that. And of course, you know broadband, uh, getting onto the internet. Yes. You know a lot of that from this uh, funding goes directly to in improving internet access in yeah. rural areas. Two hundred fifty uh, million will go to rural broadband. Well, it's a broadband across the state, but again, that's something we heard again and again that is needed. I've been on many Zoom calls where you know, fellow legislators were dropped from the conversation because of their internet access. And it's true, telehealth it's has true. moved yeah. online. So absolutely, now we will, be seeing, we will be seeing those investments in internet and broadband access in Indiana. Yeah, and you know when you talk about women who got forced out of the uh, uh, workforce, they lost not only their jobs, but of course they lost their you know seniority, their yeah. promotions, their professional development, uh, and of course their uh, earning potential. Uh, and many many people lost their insurance. And so one of the other elements of this uh, funding, which I think is great, is that it really it expanded the subsidies for people getting on to uh, Obamacare, like on the exchange. So the subsidies for just getting on insurance, just going on oh, uh, healthcare.gov or whatever it is, yep. and um, signing up for insurance, uh, the, the premium that individuals pay is much lower. Right. And so more people can get on. They opened the enrollment during the pandemic. So people were able to find access to affordable healthcare, which is something we continue to talk about and try to expand in the state. And you can sign up now for health insurance if you need it. And it's based on your income. So it is affordable quality healthcare. And that is now uh, open enrollment and started during the middle of the pandemic, uh, but continues to go on. So when we were talking earlier, we talked about all of the money that's going to local towns and counties and cities. 
And um, and you had said you didn't know um, what they were going to spend it on. And uh, and um, and the reason we don't know is because they have to make a plan. And so I certainly at my local level have been really encouraging people to say, what should we spend this money on? Talk to your city council people. Um, the parameters are fairly broad. Uh, there's a lot of money that can be spent on employees, um, uh, you know, bonuses for people who were essential workers, which they define as, I think, uh, a, a worker who touched some product that was touched by someone else, uh, uh, physically touched. Okay. Uh, okay. And so, so it's pretty broad. And uh, that funding can go uh, in terms of uh, wages or bonuses. And so that's an important one. So many people just kept on working um, because they had to, and we all needed them to. Uh, and now is the time that they should be recognized and financially uh, recompensed for that, for that yeah, extra yeah. service that they gave. But also infrastructure, uh, you know, what can we do to improve our water quality, uh, mm -hmm. to help get everybody clean water? You know, that is what we need, uh, you know, to make sure that we're safe and our health is taken care of from being clean from viruses and having good yeah. access to clean, clean water. That's a great one. Uh, okay. And all of the other infrastructure issues that can be improved using this money. Right. And that includes in school buildings, you know, ensuring that the air system and the water system are up to speed and that children are and students and teachers and staff are working in a healthy environment and have a safe learning environment. Um, there's also funding in the American Rescue Plan to address homelessness and to address you know, rent and utilities. Um, HUD has a hundred million to allocate throughout a dozen counties in Indiana to ensure that people stay in their homes and to address affordable housing and services for people who might uh, be experiencing homelessness. Um, and the amount to food banks across the state would be $12 billion. And that's to expand wow. SNAP and WIC. So that's mothers and babies. Um, so the investments in our infrastructure, but also our human infrastructure, which I think is so important. You know, we want to know where our tax dollars are going and we want to see those investments being made in us and in our families and to know that, you know, people are seeing us and hearing us. And uh, that's really something that I think was reflected in this investment in the American Rescue Plan. Yep, one of the items that you'd mentioned earlier, expanding um, access to childcare. Um, another form of that assistance is in small business uh, grants. So those could be childcare centers yes. and licensed childcare homes who right. could improve their facilities, uh, making them safer, uh, in, in light of COVID and uh, helping them take, you know, take more children in. And, and because, because as you well know, um, childcare is the number one obstacle uh, for women to have financial security. And so it's just, it's a delight to me to see this kind of investment in high quality childcare uh, because that's what's really gonna get women back into the workforce. Yes, I just uh, met with someone the other day and. You know, she continued to work through the pandemic, but she didn't have childcare for her kids. So she was at that point where she had to decide what to do. And that is very common for the fact that many families had to make that choice. Um, so these grants do include 
funding to you know small businesses at daycare centers that will continue to keep their doors open and continue to care for our youth and continue to allow mom and dad to go to work and um, you know this strikes the right balance between the workplace and childcare and ensures that women have their rightful place in Indiana's workforce. And so I'm really excited to see that. Um, this plan is estimated to cut child poverty by half. Um, it expands the child tax and dependent credit. So uh, you automatically will receive a check starting next month until the end of the year if you have a child and you filed your taxes and um, you know, that's something that will truly go back into childcare and their development and continue to make these investments in, you know, our future leaders. So yeah. recognizing that investment is very important. Yeah. All of the, um, all of the federal assistance that has come from the Biden administration has really done a good job. And people have to admit that it really has stimulated the economy. Uh, and, you know, our economy is driven most by consumer spending. And so to drive the economy, we have to get money into the hands of consumers so that they can spend it, so that they are creating jobs, and so that at each step of the way, um, they're paying a little bit of tax that comes back to the government so that they can reinforce these sorts of um, services. And so, uh, so even starting with the CARES Act, you know, getting money into the hands of people uh, really did uh, inspire um, an uptick. And that, in fact, is one of the reasons that our budget grew suddenly at the state level at the last minute, because we realized that all of this federal funding that was going to go to consumers was going to increase the tax revenue to the state, which allows then the state to do more. And thank goodness, at the last second, that was recognized. And that finally, um, the st state legislature said, okay, I guess okay, finally, I guess we have this extra money, then we'll give something to teachers. Exactly. So, um, so it happened and it's wonderful, um, but you know, I can't help but be a little you know, um, bitter <laughs> about it being the last thing on the list only happening when we happen to unexpectedly get more money. Right, So, in a, um, in a year where we expected budget shortfalls, we actually had an expanded surplus. So it's good to see those tax dollars being spent uh, and not just, kind of put away in a safe uh, you right. know, to, to tout about our expanded surplus. So it's, uh, it is something to be excited about um, and to and continue to see these investments in the future. We don't want this to be a one-time thing. So that's something to look right. forward to. Right, and uh, we things that I see coming that we will have to address. And one of them is in education. And the fact is, is that even though we gave, um, you know, starting teachers a higher pay and we have um, the capacity to give teachers bonuses, retroactive bonuses or wages um, for their outstanding heroic um, work during the pandemic, we still are gonna have a big shortage of uh, teachers. Uh, many of them, you know, more than usual, just retired. And they said, mm, that's it, yeah, I'm done. Um, right. And others just, you know, they, they stuck it out, but they still are not ready to come back and do it again. Um, and fewer people are going to school for, um, uh, to become teachers, as you mentioned before. So, um, so those are the things that we're gonna have to look out for uh, in the next uh, session, where um, I'm sure you'll go back and do even more great work. Um, and of course, um, of course uh, you have to wonder what, what's gonna happen to the money 
that our governor, along with about 24 other governors, um, said no thanks to. Uh, and that uh, was the, uh, the supplemental unemployment funding uh, that the governor is uh, cutting off much earlier than uh, was expected. Right. So uh, I had the number in my head, I think it was like one and a half billion dollars, I think is the, the amount that Indiana is sending back and just saying, you know, no thanks. So, um, I, which is just, you can't believe that the governor is really, really believes that you can starve people into taking low wage jobs. Right. And, and the fact is our unemployment is lower than it was in 2018. So one thing that I recognize and many others recognize is the value of the worker. We really had this celebration of the American worker throughout the pandemic. People who stepped up, our teachers included. Um, and now maybe you don't wanna work two jobs. You wanna be home to help your kid with homework in the evening instead of running off to your second shift. Um, and that helps develop the child and you know keeps our community safer because mom and dad are there and we have you know this kind of support system year round. And Absolutely. And it allows teachers to put more energy into their teaching job yeah. uh, instead of you know being exhausted from going home and then getting on their uniform and going to work at the Dollar General uh, yeah. for, for the evening. So it is, and it was always shocking to me in my in my community when I would go to Myers or any you know big box stores in yeah. town, and I would see teachers in there, you know, working working shifts. Yeah. Like, they had they had no choice but to work two jobs, and I recognize right. that. And uh, we also need to understand that our workforce is aging. We have our baby boomers who are now getting towards retirement, and um, you know, the fact that we will have less workers might be a reality. And then also that goes back to, you know, healthcare and ensuring that they can age gracefully in their homes and we are taking care of all of their healthcare needs um, throughout that retirement so they can be happy and healthy. And so, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. things to look forward to in the future and to continue advocating for. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I did see, I, and I, I frankly think this will probably discourage even more people from going into education, but our legislature passed a bill that allows teachers to become licensed with much less training. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that of course does not seem like the right answer to me. Um, the answer would be to fund more people to get quality uh, you know, college educations. <laughs> Uh, to become teachers, that would be a little more um, effective, I think. And um, and everywhere in the last you know decade or so, uh, higher education has just become prohibitive. It's just too expensive. So nobody and nobody wants to go out there and take out a bunch of loans to get a college education to then not be able to afford to pay it, to yeah, pay the yeah. loan back. And I so, say the price of a house and a car and your college education continues to go up. We need to keep uh, wages competitive and continue to increase those you know it's well known that indiana 725 minimum wage is the one of the lowest in the nation so yeah it's un unbelievable and um and i have been out here kind of touting uh the notion that now is the time to organize for uh, workers to organize yeah. to you know wherever you work however small your company is where you work you can still organize uh collective bargaining is really you know it's not such a term of art. It's an actual thing. It's an actual just word, to, you know, where you come together and you go to the employer and you say, you know, we all 
think we should be making more money mm -hmm. and we would like you to pay us more money. Uh, so I think now is the time to do that. And I hope that people do. And of course, you know, people say, well, yeah, well, what about the teachers? The teachers have a union already and look what's happened to them. Uh, and the fact is, is that the state legislature in Indiana has so crippled um, unions, including teacher unions. So teachers unions are just, you know, they don't do what they could because of the, the state legislature uh, and how they've really crippled them in, in terms of being able to, you know, bargain collectively, collect dues. Uh, there was another uh, bill this year that passed that made it much harder for teacher unions to collect dues and only teacher unions, no other unions. Yeah, it was <laughs> quite <laughs> insulting to yeah. teachers. And yeah. so they didn't know that, their way, that they were having their dues collected. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it requires smart. all this opt-in over and over, opting in for each, you know, for yeah. each payment. Uh, so yeah, so the state legislature just continues to, like you say, just insult teachers. And so that is going to be um, an ongoing problem here in India. <laughs> And, and I don't also, know what we're going to do about it. I, I was, well, I won't digress too much, but I will say I was like irritated to see um, our U.S. Senator touting a, uh, a bill that he got passed to create competitive grants for states to do kind of technical education. And, you know, like, well, that's great, but Indiana is never going to be in the running because we don't support education and it takes education to be innovative. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that bill is a waste of time. Yeah, yeah it would be great for all the other states, but Indiana's never going to get that. Uh, you know, how about how about spending some money on just supporting higher education for, for Hoosiers? Right. So, okay. and Did we miss it? So go ahead. Oh, to the benefits of organizing and creating, you know, a union is we're still trying to ensure safe workplaces. And, you know, one of the bills I carried was protection for pregnant uh, workers. And, uh, you know, we still don't have... A workplace accommodations for pregnant women in the state of Indiana. And so it, just, it is just so shocking and frankly, so hypocritical. Yeah. This notion <laughs> so of, you know, that women cannot have access to an abortion. So you must be pregnant, but you must also be pregnant and we will not accommodate your needs as a pregnant woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we will, will make you stand on your feet for, your, for however long we want and not give you extra breaks to go to the bathroom, to drink water, to go to your doctor, make sure yeah. you have a, a, a birth. And there's parts of Indiana that don't have a hospital within the county. So that normal checkup is a county over. So, you know, yeah. we hope that a woman carries a baby for nine months. We want to ensure that she, you know, has a full term uh, pregnancy. And so if we want to see that, we should ensure she has, first of all, her rightful place, again, on the job in the workforce, that she isn't pushed out of the workforce just because she's pregnant for nine months. But also for her health, again, Indiana has the third highest maternal mortality rate in the nation. And we have the seventh highest infant mortality rate in the nation. So if we truly want to change that and we see the investments of keeping a mother and her unborn child safe until they're born and a year after, which is, you know, that kind of goal. <laughs> it is a critical that. time. It really yeah. is a critical time for baby and mom. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and not even the tangible things, you know, the postpartum depression that is, uh, and come, it comes in much higher rates among lower income and women of color. Yes. So those women who are more often on Medicaid um, are getting less services and less attention um, for what can be really, I mean, hugely impactful uh, conditions uh, after birth. Yeah. 
So yeah, we see a lot of investments with the American Rescue Plan in our healthcare system, and we want to continue to see those investments made in the state of Indiana. Um, I'm excited to see the data of the postpartum Medicaid expansion for pregnant mothers and, you know, the investments in childcare and education and hopefully encourage more to become teachers and educators in the state and we will continue to support you and, uh, you know, we have to ensure we make these investments in the next generation, which is so important. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think we really have to just call this the, you know, Democratic Rescue Plan, um, because it really is. And we're um, very lucky that Democrats care about everybody. Yeah, no they Republican sure everybody for this, unfortunately, but uh, whether you're Democrat or Republican in the state of Indiana, you will see these benefits. So uh, it's about recovery and, and, you know, we're better when we do it together, so. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, I mean, we need everybody. We need everybody. We I just, yeah. you can't say that enough. <laughs> We need everybody to be healthy. We need everybody to have access to school and education and work and childcare. Mm -hmm. Or we, this isn't going to, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. So thank you again, Maureen, for giving thank us you. all of this great information. Um, again, you did such a wonderful job in the state legislature in your first term. I, I'm very excited to see how it goes next time. And, um, and I hope you continue on, uh, you know, House District 6 is very lucky to have you there. You are doing you, a great Deb. job. Well, I appreciate it. Good talking with you. And thanks for sharing the news about the American Rescue Plan and what's yeah. coming to your neighborhood and your community. It's very exciting. Okay. All right. See you next time, Maureen. Bye. <laughs>